Welcome to the Texan Overtime Podcast. Uh, I'm Aksha Merchandani. I'm the social media editor and the associate sports editor for the Texan. Joined, as always, by Nick Castillo, the associate managing editor. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. And also joined, as always, by Jacob Martello, the sports editor here at the Texan. Jacob, how are you? Doing fine. Not a lot of Club Irwin bits to get into this week like last week, but we do have plenty of hoops to talk. Texas played Oklahoma yesterday and won in quite exciting fashion, I would say. And baseball, it's baseball season, so we'll talk a little bit of baseball at the end of the show. But first... Are things no longer on the docket? Are we not the Supreme Court anymore? We're still... No, it's what's on the docket. Texas, Oklahoma's on the docket and baseball's on the docket. Okay, can't wait to make my rulings. But we're still more fun than the Supreme Court is. I can confirm that. That's true. Do do your sources say that? Multiple sources tell me that. You know, real quick, you know a new bit I've heard from people who like say sources say and all that? Heard the same. (laughs) Heard the same. That's my favorite new bit that these these dudes will do. Heard the same. Anyway. I I can confirm I've also heard the same. I'm not gonna get it. I'm not gonna get into this hole that you're trying to dig us. Moving on. I'm always trying to dig us into a hole. Uh, we and our listeners are aware. We're never on track because of me. Anyway, Texas, Oklahoma, Red River rivalry. Too many R's in that. But Texas beat Oklahoma. Well, it used to be Red River shootout before it got you know politically corrected. <laughs> You mad about the name change or something? <laughs> no, it just rolls off the tongue better. Jacob, Red River Shootout. Jacob, what do you prefer? Red River Rivalry? I, I grew up with the shootout, so... Okay, shootout it is. Texas beat Oklahoma 76-63. After being down 58-51 midway through the second half, Texas goes on a 22-0 run. No big deal, right? End the game on a, I think it was 25-5 run overall. And they end up beating Oklahoma by... 13, five Texas players scoring double figures. Buddy Heald does Buddy Heald things in the in the first half. It's quiet in the well, second yeah, half. Yeah, didn't, I didn't think Texas was, was going to pull off that win when you look at what Buddy Heald was doing. He, he It's almost like he got the ball, shot it over whoever was defending him, and it would it would just go in wherever he was on at the court. So, like Steph Curry. Almost, almost very Steph Curry-like. It's, he's except, like except, college you know, Steph Curry. Well, yeah, because he's not shooting from 30, 40 feet out. <laughs> he's not just going to, the second he crosses half court, pull up. No, he's not doing that. But uh, it was just, my big thing about that game was that, so Buddy Heald had 23 points in the first half, but Texas was still you know, hanging around, and you always sense that they would get to within, you know, three, four, five points, but could never get over the hump. And you, I just kind of felt that a run was coming, I didn't realize it would be a 22-0 run. I thought it would come down to the wire in the well, end. Well, no one on the court actually. Thought no that one that on the court happen. knew what was happening. Isaiah Taylor had no idea in post game. Uh, I talked to Eric Davis out in the hall afterwards. He had no idea. Buddy Heald had no idea. It was just one of those things that you don't really see that at all no, you ever. Don't. So 22-0 run. I can't think of the last team to pull off a 22-0 run in college basketball. No. Especially playing an opponent who's ranked higher than them and, you know, could go deep into the tournament if they get the right draw. And that Club Irwin crowd, man. 
Club Urban Crowd was a big part of it. It was a sellout. So it was a sellout. It was shaking. There, I mean, there the were bits. I guess there was a new bit. They they dropped balloons from the rafters before the game. They did that against North Carolina too. They really wanted the place, you know, rocking. They needed they needed everyone's support, and I, I think they got it. <laughs> everyone, cap in all caps. In all caps. So I think the bits that happened were the balloons. They have done that before against North Carolina, like Jacob said. They also dropped trif, uh, Tiff's treats from the rafters. Oh, They've done that before. But they don't do that often. Oh, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. only, it's only for the big games. They, they, they had all the stops they didn't do the fan. They didn't do the fan dance again. Thank God. This is not the game where you want to be doing the fan dance. This is true. As we talked about, there was... <laughs> You, you bring people out on the court against when you're playing your biggest rival and bad things are probably going to happen. I can. Uh, I've also heard the same. Heard the same, right. So I guess just... Oh, and, and before that, I, I have to mention this. So before the game in the media room, uh, a video surfaced of Shaka Smart heading out to... I guess you make outside. it sound very ominous. When, ominous whenever, you know... It, it's, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's, it's, it, uh, a video surfaced. Of Shaka Smart heading out to talk to the students before the game. And, you know, they're all chanting, Shaka, Shaka. And Shaka hits them with a, oh, you sucks. And they go wild. It's very out of character for Very him, out of character. But Shaka did say after the game that sometimes, you know, you got to play to your crowd, play to your fan base a little bit. But Well, you know who told him to, to say that? I was about to say. Who's, so he was talking to the media after the game. And at 7.55 a.m. Saturday morning, Shaka gets a text from one Mac Brown, who's, who in the text message reads, OU still sucks. So Shaka Smart was in the Red River shootout rivalry, whatever you want to call it, spirit from morning, and it showed. It was cool. I bet, I Mac, I, I bet Mac Brown was very upset that, that Shaka told us that. Yeah, I'm... Mac Brown, the the politician, probably wasn't thrilled with any of that. But general thoughts on what we saw against Oklahoma. Nick, you can go ahead. I, I think it was a surprising outcome. Um, more so because when Buddy Heald was doing Buddy Heald things and just going off on this ridiculous terror, I don't think I th- that Texas, at the time I didn't think Texas was going to be able to pull it off. You know, despite the sellout and despite whatever they were trying to do to heal, he just couldn't be stopped. But, you know, for whatever reason, they managed to do that crazy 22-0 run. And, you know, I think that's really the focal point is you don't ever see 22-0 runs in really not even college basketball, even lower than that. You never see that at all. No. Uh, Jacob? Um. I think that 22-0 run could be something that maybe sparks this team to a long postseason run. Um, I mean, you look at it, you know, they're down by seven with about seven minutes to go. Um, looking at another, you know, disappointing loss at home against a uh, ranked opponent. Um, then they go on that tear, and that crowd is insane. Um, you know, everybody's feeling good about themselves. Um, and you got Kansas coming in Monday night. I think that might be able to, or might be the thing that gets some of the energy to, you know, beat Kansas and then, you know, after that, they've got all the momentum, um, kind of playing with house money. You know, who knows how far this run can go? Well, you know, luckily for Texas, you mentioned Kansas, is that Kansas just clinched the, a share, at least a share of the Big 12 title. So they really have nothing to play with, or even though they may be the number one team when they come to Austin on Monday. Um, 
you get that that feeling that Kansas might not really come to play for anything. They don't have anything to play for. So, I mean, maybe Texas could get lucky. And, and I think I think I kind of agree with you in a sense. It, you look at where – I think you can look at this season in multiple ways. So you look at what Shaka Smart talked about yesterday in the postgame is how – he remembers that flight back from Shanghai after they lost to Washington. <laughs> that feels like five years ago. That was feels like five years ago. And then they lose Cam Ridley, and, and you really don't know what this team is going to be. But now they come and beat Oklahoma yesterday, and that's their fourth. Is it, It's four wins over AP top, top 10, 10. Yeah. teams. Yeah. So you look at a 22-0 run like that, and a win over a team like that can definitely spark you know, a, a championship run, whether it just be the Big 12 title or, or even – making a deep run into the NCAA tournament. I was uh, – one of my buddies was asking me about the game. He missed it, just saw the highlights, and he asked, you know, did o- did Texas get hot? Did OU get cold? And it was like both, you know. It was just well, – What was amazing it, it was, it was like that Oklahoma just went so cold. It was like seven to eight minutes of perfect basketball where, where everything went right. And Texas had a, had a big part of, you know, stopping Oklahoma um, with – doubling buddy Kerwin Roach did a really good job on him so did Javon I was impressed with what Javon was able yeah. to do because I mean Javon Felix is not a very tall guy compared to the 6'4 buddy yeah. yield can confirm I've, I've heard the same I've also seen the same I, he it, it was an odd matchup when you look at the two but Javon held his own ground and then you mentioned Kerwin he's got the ability just as an athlete that he is to contend with buddy healed his raw athleticism I've always I know we haven't been thrilled with Kerwin as a as a defender this season, but his just raw athleticism gives him a chance to do so many to just gives Texas a chance to throw so many looks at, at teams. If he can just be more consistent in that realm, I think he can be a really good two way player. If he you know just harnesses that that raw athleticism, but you know the other part of this on the Oklahoma side is that Buddy didn't get any help from. I think only one other player scored in double figures. It was either Isaiah Cousins or Woodard. Woodard. It was Woodard. It was Woodard. Woodard. Yeah, I mean, they just, he never got any help. It was a lot of ISO Which is weird. You would think Isaiah Cousins or maybe even Ryan Spangler would do pretty well against Texas, yeah. and they didn't. And it, that uh, that was just a, it was a really bizarre thing to see. What They were just playing ISO basketball, settling for jump shots, uh, not slashing to the paint where Texas might, have also, a little bit of a weak spot. Also, didn't understand why Oklahoma didn't try to play more zone. Hey, you look yeah. at what Baylor Baylor did last week. Last week, and they just shut him down with the zone. And Oklahoma played a lot of man, mm-hmm. and and that really hurt them at the end of the game. One other big difference from from the last home game that was here, Baylor to Oklahoma, was that the three freshmen played well. Tevin Mack, not as much, but. Eric I don't Davis. think that's a type of matchup for Tevin Mack to be yeah. in. I think, you know, when you see him, the game, some of the games that he's been successful, you look at Baylor when, on the road and then when they played Iowa State, is that these teams play a little zone and that you need someone to shoot from three to open up that zone. And that, that's something that Tevin Mack is pretty good at. Right. And those are the games that he shined at during. Right. But Eric Davis made some plays. Pluckers uh, Davis was, was quite what I, the... What I liked from Eric Davis was that Eric player. Davis has kind of been known as a shooter, a really good shooter. But yesterday he made some plays where, you know, there was one play where they almost, like, set up an ISO play for him, and he ended up driving to the hole and, and I think getting an and-one bucket out of it. And there were times where, where he would put it on the floor and drive. So it's kind of cool to see him put together more of an all-around game than just being the, you know, 
sharpshooter from, from three. And, you know, we talked about Kerwin's defense, but he's become a such a – from start from November to now, his free throw shooting has, you know, he looks like a totally different dude at the line when he's taking foul shots, which, which is – which is so big for this team, especially because of the slasher he is. You mentioned foul shots. I think it's it's worth talking about how weird yesterday's game was officiating. Yeah. Because you mentioned the and one. There were times when I felt Texas at sometimes, when you think about playing a home game, you kind of expect a little favoritism from the refs. But sure. the game was weirdly officiated. Until that 22-0 run, I felt like this game was being played on senior night. In Norman, uh, a, mi- it, it, a, microcos- a microcosm of that, uh, of the officiating, was at the end of the first half. Oh, that was a bizarre Prince call. Prince Ebay and Buddy Heald were going for a loose ball, and somehow... I think that's the most upset I've seen Shaka Smart all season. My favorite Shaka Smart refs exchange was, I can't remember what game it was, but a call finally went their way, and he just stares right at the refs, smiles, and starts clapping... Which was really funny, but yeah, Shaka was not happy with that. And there were some other calls that were like, really? But Buddy Heal was getting was getting superstar calls. That's for sure. And yeah. I mean, he, he he like it or not, you know, he's he's a he's a superstar player, probably gonna win Big Twelve Player of the Year. Maybe uh, National Player of the Year. Well I think he's a favorite for National Player of the Year just because of how you know, what L S U has or has not done with, well, with Ben Simmons. A lot of people don't come back because I, I think he would have been a first-round pick last year had he gone into the NBA draft. Really? I think he would have been late first round. Late first round, but now you can talk about where he would fall. Oh, maybe be a top lottery the lottery pick. Yeah, I hope he gets drafted. No, very, there are very few people that come back their senior year and improve the way he has. I hope he gets drafted by the right team because I really you don't want him see. to get drafted by the Sacramento Kings. No, I don't. Because I can already see his future if he gets drafted by the Sacramento Kings. Minnesota would be interesting. With It'll be fun to watch Buddy Heal in the NBA, nonetheless. It will be. I just, you know, I just feel like he's a guy who needs to get drafted by the right team. We need to talk about oh. something else that happened oh. to Club Irwin yesterday, and that's your beef with DJ Mel. I don't have a beef with DJ Mel. You have a beef with DJ Mel. I think you've got it backwards. I think DJ Mel has a beef of what I said. So, let, let's. So we go out. We're for, so we're in the media room. We head to the to to the press area, and you know we're which is like, you know right behind, right you know on we're close it's, to it's, DJ it's Mel. It's literally behind where where DJ Mel has set up He's shop. Seen a spin in the the ones and twos, <laughs> but so you know the they're they're warming up, music's playing, and uh, bad blood. The, the, well, the, the Kendrick Lamar version of Bad Blood by Taylor Swift starts playing, and uh, you had some issues with this. And, well, and I tweeted, tweeted I tweeted Twitter. something along the lines of the fact that this is his big game, and he chooses to play Taylor Swift, and then he mixed it with this really fast version of Zero to One Hundred by Drake, and it was yeah, it weird. was really confusing. You know, I guess I'm just not DJ Mel's target audience but you know it, it's definitely it, not DJ it, target it's, audience. it's nothing personal i mean I'd, I'd do it to anyone just look at look at it this way let's just look at it this way i've already got a bigger pool than dj mel oh no you know get out <laughs> leave his his pool is nice but mine is bigger that's all i'm saying 
Anyway, we're gonna. I'm gonna pretend you didn't say that. So, I didn't have a big a problem as Bad Blood as you did. Well, you're you're a big Taylor fan. I like I like, I, Taylor. I like Taylor, but I not like Taylor not Swift. not to you know warm up to basketball. I mean, Bad Blood rivalry game. I kind of get it. It's cute. It's whatever. But then, so you, so you tweet that out. You didn't tag him in this tweet. I need. I, I don't even follow him. That. He doesn't even follow yeah, me. Yeah, you didn't tag him. You just said something along line, along the lines of DJ Mel, blah blah blah, is playing Taylor Swift. I don't like this. Whatever you said. After the game, after the pressers, I think, or maybe it was before. At some it it point, was after Shaka had yeah. talked to us. So post game, we're looking at you know it's been an hour and a half or so since since the games ended. You get some someone. DJ Mel hops into your mentions. Yeah, he, he slid into the mentions. So what was the first tweet he said? He you mad. You, for this you mad, all caps. And it wasn't you spelled out. It was the, the U letter and then mad. Yes, Okay. it was. He deleted that. He did delete that. And then... He asked me He asked me if uh, he wanted to or wanted me to host his next DJ gig. And he added you, right? He added me. And he deleted that too. Yeah, he did, did delete that too. Yeah, quite the feud. It's and okay. then I he think he might have tweeted you. <laughs> he did. What what exactly did he say? I don't remember. He he said something along the lines of, "It's funny oh, that people think that this is his my first first gig. DJing gig." Yeah. So Nick is Nick is enemies with DJ Mel. I don't want to be enemies with anybody. He, I just you know I'm not his target audience. Should, I, should we invite DJ Mel on the podcast uh, so we he, can settle your differences? <laughs> If it, Maybe I, give him some, you know, give him some suggestions of of what we want to see, and then well, we can bounce out ideas off each other. You know, like my I first, said, my it's first not, request is less Drake. As you know, well, I don't have knows. a problem with DJ Mo. I, it's just like if I'm gonna go to this basketball game, I guess I don't want to hear Taylor Swift. But I'm not the general audience. That's that's the thing. He shouldn't. He needs to understand that. This podcast took a turn real quick. Yeah, it did because you wanted to mention DJ Mel. I did. I thought it was funny. I. Your feud with DJ Mel is was probably the highlight of yesterday. It, it's it's another bit. It's another bit. Lots of bits on the Texan Overtime podcast. But moving on real quick to wrap up basketball talk. Kansas on Monday. Predictions. Ooh. What's going to happen? Discount Drake is going to be performing. Discount Drake. Texas couldn't get Drake, so they got you Discount Drake. So it's this because rapper. they really need your support. It's a rapper from Toronto. Right? right, or from from Can or uh, Canada. I, I don't. His I, name. Uh, Tory Lanes, I believe, is his name. I I'm sorry, like I don't want to feud with you either, <laughs> because you know I I just don't have your name in front of me. I'm sorry. But yeah, so Discount Drake, I think as he's of, probably already upset that we're calling him Discount Drake. As of nine o'clock this morning, there's still a thousand tickets for the general public left, so it should be another fun crowd. But general predictions, I think Texas wins this tomorrow. Um, senior night, you know, it's always an, an, an emotional type night. By the way, speaking of seniors, Cam Ridley is off crutches and is walking on his own power, which I thought was interesting. So something to keep an eye on. Don't think he'll be playing against Kansas, but something to keep if, an eye if on. He, if he him. suits up, that'd be very interesting. I don't think they'd play him, but it'd be interesting if they have him if suited up. If he's just up. active. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I think Texas, Texas wins. Kansas doesn't really have – you know, a ton to play for. I'm sure, you know, they won't show Texas their, their full repertoire if, you know, because of a potential conference tournament matchup. So I think Texas wins this game. Texas needs to win this game. They do. Um, they're, what's their record at home now? 14-2, and 13-2, and two, either way. 
think it's fourteen and two. Fourteen and two. They're thirteen. They're really they're really good at home. They, like I mentioned earlier, that Kansas has already clinched the title, so they could probably use this game to rest people. I mean, they have nothing to play with, play for. So I, I think Texas could win this game. It'll be tough. It won't be an easy game, but I, I think Texas can pull it out. I I agree. I think they'll come out with a win. Um, you won't see a twenty two zero run again. Um, but I do think Texas picks up its fifth win over an AP top ten, yeah, top ten opponent, which, which that's just huge for the resume. Big for momentum, big for you know just just heading into into March. Someone asked Shaka, "How do you feel about the calendar turning into March?" And he goes, "It's a leap year. We have another game in February," which I thought was funny. He he knows how to make the. He's got the jokes. He's he, got the jokes. Shaka does have the jokes. But moving on. Real quick before we, we, we finish up, it's baseball season. It is baseball season. Baseball starts. Always weird with college baseball how early it starts. Yeah, February. I mean, so like, spring, it's like pitchers and catchers are in M- Yeah, for, for MLB. For MLB. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even started spring else. practice, spring training. My bad. So, words are hard. <laughs> words are hard, as we know, as journalists and writers and, you know, wordsmiths. Mm, I'm not that. I am none of those. I like to think I am. Maybe a journalist, maybe. Uh, you two covered the baseball team last year. Yeah. I wasn't here last year. Mm. I, I've heard I've heard the same. You've heard the same. So I guess I, from watching from afar, they seem to be kind of up and down offensively. Very up and down yeah. offensively. I don't know if that was the case last season. Uh, you, you guys can... Well, last season, uh, okay, last season they were very up and down offensively. I don't know what to make of this season yet. They've only played seven or eight games. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's enough to make, you know, a big guess at what they're going to do. But at the same time, you kind of see some of the same issues that they had last year. Is uh, They've got a solid arms, but sometimes their bats just go cold. And that's, you know, from looking at it from a a distance that's really what i see jacob what have you sort of seen just from from watching from afar so far i mean basically just what nick just said um i think they're gonna be fine you know on the mound um i think they've got probably about three or four really good starters two pitching gyms this weekend against yeah Stanford. well and yeah and they had they had one thursday night um i think it was a freshman that got the start uh thursday night and they go in the 12 innings scoreless, but the offense just can't. You just need one run to win. And I know the offense had a couple of good chances, and they can't get it done. Right. So it's just they've got to put runners across. And and that's going to be what, you, what you're going to watch all season. Is uh, their team that could probably contend for the Big 12 again? I mean, uh, they won the Big 12 somehow last year. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. Well coached, as we all know. The the. Well, Winning his coach in NCAA history and Augie Garrido. Got his 800th win when they... At, te- at Texas. At, at Texas, Texas alone. When they played uh, UNLV last week in that series. But we will keep an eye on baseball uh, as things go along. It'll be, a fun, it'll be an interesting season. I'm sure we'll have our baseball writers, Michael Shapiro and Daniel Clay, on at some point soon. They're, they're out there covering a game right now. They're out there covering they're, a game right now. These Sunday games, man, we can never have our guys on. Yeah. But, we'll, we'll make things work. We got to get the people going about baseball. Right, but fun times in UT sports. Yeah, basketball stretcher on baseball, softball, swimming D- and diving, fuse with DJ Mel. Titles. But that's all the time we have for today. Uh, 
as usual, you can follow us on Twitter at The Daily Texan and at Texan Sports. And of course, you can follow our podcast account at Texan Podcast. We'll be back next week to talk more Texas athletics. Probably a lot of, I'm predicting there will be a lot of hoops talk again. And it's we'll, that time of the year. It's that time of the year, but we will hopefully mix in some other stuff as well. So thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Okay, thanks. Bye. This podcast was produced by The Daily Texan. Anchors were Akshay Merchandani, Nick Castillo, and Jacob Martella. The music was by Jazar. Be sure to tune in next week, Monday, March 7th, for our next episode, and you can always find more news at dailytexanonline.com.